Yo, yo, ma, baby boys and all girls, and welcome to the Pack Show. That's right, the Pig Athletic Club and Double Take Sports are coming to you live into your bedroom, your bathroom, your living room, whatever room it may be. We are right there with you. We're going to be reviewing all the action from the weekend. We're going to be discussing all the news in our Pack News segment. We're going to be going around the world and having a yarn to an Aussie abroad. We've got plenty of shit we need to get into. So before we go anything any further, introduce my co-host. We've got Aiden Toa. Obviously, former Queensland Red. Same with Dallin Murphy right next to him. And unfortunately, after one and done, Big Fat Das has dumped Freeney and left him by himself on the battler's bench. What's doing, Freeney? He's an absolute coward, mate. I think you got the tap on the shoulder from the missus. <laughs> you, know, like, you can't attend, mate. You can't attend. I think he's breastfeeding tonight. It's his turn. <laughs> Well, someone's got to do it, man. Someone's got to do it. Hey, it's witching hour. But um, before we go any further, um, let's get straight into the pack news because there's been so much shit going on in rugby over the last, what, week that we haven't had a show. It has been absolutely schizo. And breaking news, first and foremost, the massive announcement that World Rugby has said that Australia is the preferred host of the 2027 Men's Rugby World Cup and the 2029 Women's Rugby World Cup. Boom. Dos. <laughs> Boom indeed. But Dos, <laughs> this would be an absolute boon for the game here in Australia when we desperately need it. Yeah, mate, you're exactly right, j And then you throw in that, the Lions series in 2025. Oh. You know, we get that World Cup in 2027. Then, you know, all of a sudden rugby's on the tip of everyone's tongue. Um, hopefully they get the government support that, um, you know, an announcement's due whenever, it, whenever it'll come well, out. Well, they announced last week that they're going to be coughing up, what was it, $150 million over eight years. Granted, that's ScoMo, so you wouldn't trust that well, son of a bitch as yeah. far as you can throw him. <laughs> oh, mate, like, that's bullshit. But, like, it's still something, and you'd have to say that's probably what got it over the line, the fact that there is that government I th- aid. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what World Rugby look for, you know, and as soon as you get endorsed, endorsed by the government, um, you know, they look at that country as being, you know, viable to hold an event like the World Cup. And as you said, Jay Ball, mate, brilliant, exciting time to be part of Australian rugby. I, I, absolutely awesome. And Dow, you'd have to say as well, that would actually be the perfect time for, we, we wax lyrical about this sort of golden crop of talent that is coming through the Australian pathway at the moment. And you'd have to say, look, 2023 might be a little too soon for us to really be a favourite. And if you look at, say, France, they did really well at 2019 now. What, they're second in the world. 2027, at least with the men, would probably be the perfect opportunity to win that World Cup on home soil, surely. Yeah, I think 2023, I think, will be very, very competitive. I'm not sure whether we'll go all the way, but we'll I think, it. you know, we'll, we'll go very close. I think we've got a good crop they've kept together over the last couple of years, and they're working towards something. They've got a lot of young guys who've done the 20s, who've done a lot of Super Rugby. They've done a lot together now. But by the time they get to 2027, they'll be battle-hardened. They'll be tough. You know, they'll be 26, 27 years of age. They're not just the young guys on the block. So aiming for that 2027 World Cup at home, there's so much to play for. I think it's going to be a really golden time in Australian rugby. It's going to be dope. And Friends, you've obviously got a connection to the women's game. The 2029 World Cup being here, uh, Women's Rugby World Cup being here, that would be absolutely massive for the women's game here in Australia. A, a code that, like, I mean, not necessarily a controversial saying, but they've somewhat been a little bit neglected mm. up until recently well, in that, regards to the game. Well, they were, they were going well a couple of years back before COVID, and then COVID hit, and it really 
it took the wind out of the sail yeah. today. But I think after this year, like it's um, definitely uh, on the radar a bit more. You know, on stand and stuff, a lot more people are watching it and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I reckon by that time, um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of young girls. Apparently, the the numbers in women's rugby is growing every year. It's one of the fastest growing sports. Could have made that stat up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I believe you did. Apparently, apparently. no, no, it'll be good. <laughs> Just real quick, that shot right there. Have you guys seen that meme with like the little blonde chick with the five big black dudes behind her? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that meme Casting boys. <laughs> yeah, how much is that? Take me! <laughs> oh no, I can't unsee it. I love it, but um, lucky again, I'm behind this bench because yeah. I am well, what, rock what? hard at the Who's moment. behind me? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, boys? <laughs> Moving on. Right. All right, let's get straight into the other news stories then. Um, so, in a couple of weeks' time, I think two, three weeks' time, we've got the Super <laughs> Round down in Melbourne. And I think that's the first round where we're going to see Aussie sides going up against Kiwi sides. Doss, we've seen, especially in the Kiwi competition, sides like the Satyrs and we saw the Canes um, a week or two ago lose to Moana Pacifica. Like, I mean, no mean feat, but... Do you think the Aussie sides have a much better chance of doing... Well, they can't go much worse unless they get no wins. <laughs> but last year, we only got one against the Kiwi sides. Do you think they're in a better position to potentially better that percentage? I think they are, J-Ball. Um, I'm hesitant to get too excited about the prospects. Me too, eh? It's just, you know, it's we so... We do it so much, Yeah, Mark. we do it so much. And it's, um, you know, it's hard but, not to, though, But this man. year, it may be warranted. Um, I mean, what I love from the Reds is their ability to absorb pressure um, and just keep absorbing it. Defensively, they hustle well. And then, you know, they've got the Geordie Pattayas, they've got the Taniela Tupos that can provide that little moment of X factor to, you know, to then turn the momentum and push them ahead. Mate, bloody jogs not not starting again after the weekend, I don't think. Well, oh, mate. <laughs> we, were, yeah, we, were, we were discussing that on the way. That's for a different topic. But, no, but um, that's the thing. I mean... We were discussing it literally this exact time last week, mm. the fact that someone like Jock is being hustled out of position because of Geordie. And then he By turns, far his best like game. Yeah, well, like, oh, what position, did we, like that? What position did we put him in? And then all yeah, of a sudden 15. But he's yeah, playing so. his way into that yeah. role. And there's a lot of players that are starting to do that. Um, Johnny Wad, big uh, – what's his chops? Uh, Charlie Gambino down in um, – in New seven? South Wales, he's been yeah. getting a Guernsey. Last year, Carlo Dezano was everyone's oh, yeah, favourite. Yeah. Now he's getting shafted for big old porno stash, yeah, um, Charlie Gamble. Yeah. That's Michael Hooper's jersey. So it's like like it's Michael Hooper, I was a lock on that. But the fact that there's players in these positions pushing players of that ilk on the field and mm. on the training paddock, that can only be good, Dow. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we're starting to notice across the board now. If you just look at that number seven position, you've obviously got Hoops and, and Fraser at, at the top there. But then you've got some guys underneath that, you know, like Charlie Gamble and Jerome Hughes and all these other guys that are coming kind of through. Kanko Tecker at the force. Yeah, Kanko Tecker oh, at the force. Like you've got five, five really good quality players, you know, that, that can step up and are playing some excellent footy kind of week in, week out. So... I like the depth that's starting to to pop up in key positions mm. in and around the country, and that's probably the most exciting part. And I think, you know, puts us in good stead against these New Zealand Super yeah. Rugby teams. Hundred percent, because that's been that's been sort of <laughs> the issue with the Kiwis for the longest time is that so many top grade players mm. that anywhere else in the world would be a starting international player 
don't even get a game, let mm. alone even a handful. Mm. So, like, I think that is a good sign of a very strong national side is when, at club level, you've got guys pushing each other to the max. Now, on to the next topic. This one is very <coughs> raw for me because I've spoken about it a lot. And, friends, I want to get your opinion on this. I've said for the longest time... Get rid of the TMO outside oh. of adjudicating on tries. Mm. You've got three referees on the field. You've got so many opportunities for um, collisions on a footy field. Yeah. If you can't see it right there and it's not that clear and obvious... Do not slow down someone going into a ruck. Do what they used to do. <laughs> do what they used to do. Cite it and yeah. they get penalised after. If, if it's so minuscule in regards to the flow of the game that it doesn't become an mm. issue to the game well let them get banned or whatever it is afterwards but at the moment even on the smallest yeah. thing when uh the tars put that chip in and hamish stewart yeah. barely made contact with the chasing the bronze, player yeah. we made it 80 meters back down the field three or four phases back mm. yeah that was foul play all yeah. the way back there's there needs to be done i mean something needs to be done about what i like there is Angus Gardner, he saw something yeah. because he he live he, you know the chip went yep, over yep. and he goes, can you just check that quickly for yes. me? Yeah. So I don't like I don't mind it because then, you yeah, know, but he, he asked for that. But at yeah. the same token, make the call. Yeah. But then on the other hand, if the Reds do go like they recovered that kick, if they go score a try, and they haven't come back to it, you know what's going to yeah, happen? Someone's in the like press taking a dive or something. Yeah. yeah. Tough titties. I don't know. James yeah. slip out. That shot Twainer put on Slips would not have even been looked at if Slips didn't stay down because he knows but the TMO is going to look at it. Also as well, like, I was thinking about this on the way over, like, um, well, your brother would know, you know, like, it's it's a hard thing because they've got a, a book that says this. Yeah. And, that, and that's, the, that's the thing. That's, that's what they're going off. So, the letter of the law, I guess they're doing their job, but how the hell are you going to win that shoulder height battle if someone's down there, say, um, snaffling a ball? How are you going to get them off it? You know, there's no. It's one of those things. I, I I'm not discussing the interpretation of the laws. Yeah. I'm in, I'm discussing and I'm pissed yeah. off about having this person not involved in the game, looking yeah. at it with a fine tooth comb, and slow mowing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you're always going to find what's wrong. Yeah. And then, it's as a, I said, yeah. that slip shot back in the day. Mm. I'm glad Angus Gardner doesn't see it. That would have been play on, and if they wanted to cite it, they could. But I. Back in the day, they probably would have been like, it's not worth our time. I would have copped way more red cards. <laughs> <laughs> definitely would have. Man, if only you were better at footy, you would have been absolutely harangued Gone. by the TMO. Yeah, you no good, mate. Anyway. <laughs> no, yeah. A boy you, can dream, what do you do? What do you do? It's just, it's just, I it don't sucks. Know. They're like, I Obviously, they've got a spot in the game, but like it's, but it's, just, it's killing it at the moment. Like, it there's is. so much it's fucking time. It's killing it, dude. It is mm. killing it. I don't know. What do you reckon, Dale? Has Dame said anything over yeah. the dinner table at home, mate? <laughs> Which it would be difficult, though. Yeah, like, you and, and Dame. And, 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 like, my, <laughs> my, my dad's a stickler for giving giving shit to refs, but like I'm like, mate, at the point five of a second, you've got to make a decision. Like It's it's not it's not a fun thing yeah. to do. <laughs> Your dad's always into Damon on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> is he really? Oh, That's right. so sick. <laughs> like father, people. like son, man. Especially he's had a couple of rumbos. Yeah. You can always tell. He gets more and more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Starts brilliant. losing punctuation. Yeah. And like, yeah. Just so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, like, it's a hard thing to do, isn't it? What does he say? Like, what's the... 
Yeah, it is hard, and I feel like there's there's so many different interpretations. Uh, there's a lot of pressure coming down from World Rugby. This is the way you got to referee the game, all that kind of stuff. I'm a little bit like you, Jabor, and I raised this point with with Damon on the weekend. I feel like, you know, unless it's really affecting the game or it's severe foul play, let the game go. Yeah. And then coaches will obviously blow up after the game. That's the hard part because they'll come to the referees on Monday and go, "Well, you missed this, you missed this, and you missed this." Well, that was the 48-hour siding period. They used to have that. Mm. Jeremy Port was a Jer- no. Brent and Kennan got in a scrap and then had bite marks all over him. Mm. But he had bite marks all over him and then they they didn't see it, but they cited it. Okay, cool. But you're not going to see everything. And I've said 2019 Rugby World Cup was almost ruined. Ruined by the TMO. Especially the Fijian game. Um, Was it Fiji versus Wallabies? um, Oh, Wales versus Wallabies. Where Samu ran over the top of the fly half and put his arm out and he's like an elbow to the face but the thing is the TMO sort of what 2000 is when it really became a big part of it before that tell me a test match or a massive international or massive super rugby match or whatever it is that the talking point was a referee decision you can't I guess it's because they went tough titties referee called it Mm. one way suck a fat one let's keep going I don't know whereas now like it's not even like was that a try or wasn't that a try was that XYZ, like they're like a call in the middle of the match of a potential elbow by a ball carrier mm. is what a talking point in a Rugby World Cup match. Yeah, it gets like, rid of the dark arts. Yeah. I like the old, you know, the kick chase and people like, you know, bumping into them and stuff. Like, I don't know, just little things like that. Yeah. But I don't know. But it, it, I think it just takes it out of it. I think it's ruining the game, to be honest. It's the Karens, mate. Blame it's the, the Karens. Karens, mate. It is. <laughs> Blame it on the Karens. Um, Super W, the Reds. I'll get your thoughts on this, friends. They finally received their caps yep. over the weekend. They've been playing capped state games since 1996. So yeah. 26 years later, yeah. They've what's happened there? Did you see that the girl who the girl who organised it was literally trolling through footage? Yeah, you name it, like putting team sheets together. She had to take. Yeah. She had eight months. It took her eight months, and luckily she had long service leave from work. So it took yeah. a a woman who played the game at the top level for ten or thirteen yeah. odd years on long service leave, and I think there was a donation by someone to help her go through go it. it. She yeah. had to go through it before the women finally were respected mm. by okay. way of getting their caps to awesome. playing for their state. It was That's awesome. What I was like, man, that's like. That's a good Took their sweet history, ass you know? time. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. But like, at least it, it has happened now, so it has. It was good. It was actually quite good. Like the whole uh, before the game, getting the caps, then the half time, and after after match and whatnot. And yeah, a lot of them stuck around. And um, but yeah, no, it was pretty. The girls are stoked. Oh, as they yeah. should be. I reckon that's absolutely awesome. So it's good to see the girls finally getting that a little bit of recognition yeah, for the time. effort they put in. They bust their ass. And it's good to see them finally yeah. getting their caps. Uh, there's something nearly 250 odd um, yeah. uh, players over the yeah. last 26 odd years. So it's yeah. good to see them getting their recognition. Speaking of the women's game, <coughs> the NRLW. I flicked on the telly on the weekend. It was a semi-final: Roosters versus the Bronx. Well, I went to bed at half. I went and had a little oven nap, and I Mate, thought, yeah, Bronx got this. That game, the crowd was going schizo, and in that game, you had players like Millie Boyle. And you're going to have other players like Emma Tonegato, who plays with the Dragons, be playing in the grand final this weekend. Is the NRLW going to cripple the women's game in Australia, Doss? Mate, I don't know. I think the girls getting their caps on the weekend was a 
great start in terms of recognising the Super W. And, you know, they've only started with proper coverage. Um, you know, they're in their early stages compared to the NRLW. Um, Bear in mind, they just announced a week or two ago, they're expanding the competition, <laughs> they're expanding the salary cap. Two players within that salary cap can be full-time paid professional athletes. In NRLW. And we've lost Charlotte Caslick, Emma Tonegado, we've lost uh, Millie Boyle, just to name a few. I read something on the weekend. Emma Tonegado said that she only went into women's sevens rugby because NRL, Rugby League, didn't have a women's pathway to the top game. Oh, interesting. Now, yeah. it's our pathway that seems to be sort of narrowing and, and slowing yeah. down, and theirs is accelerating. We're going to have a lot of reverse Emma Tonegado. Yeah, well, I, and, you know, that's exactly something that you don't want to see. Yeah. You know, sevens being the Olympic sport, such a huge draw card in terms of getting the young girls to play rugby and commit to rugby. But then, you know, hearing something like that, using it as a pathway to get into the NRLW, there's obviously a long way for the um, for Super W to go and the organisers. Um, but yeah, look, Sevens is still being an Olympic sport. It's still got that, you know, that unique draw about it and kids are going to want to yeah. do it. But yeah. I and mean, the World Cup. And it, well, and the World Cup. But yeah, they've just got to think about ways to keep those girls in the game. Yeah. How do they do that? I don't know. No, I don't know. Yeah. So why don't they do both? So yeah, make it the season is, to coincide. Yeah, so that's yeah. what happens now. So you've got the one super... Or you got the super rugby at the start of the year, and then you've got one NRL season for the women at the start, and then there's another one at the back end of the year, right? And they almost coincide. Yeah, so why not kind of have one season at the back end of the year and then have kind of dual-code athletes? So we didn't lose Charlotte Castley. She's obviously still contracted to Rugby Australia, but she went and did that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? She went and played mm. NRLW. Not uh, a bad model. I, I have a and then came back. Model. I could be wrong, but I, I think they're starting to get those like sort of contracts where they're you know dedicated to it. I could be wrong, but mm. I, I think <laughs> sort of... No, but I, I'm, I, I could be... I'm, I'm pretty certain. Sixty-eight <laughs> percent. That's, 68%. that's <laughs> the hard-hitting facts 67%. we like on the yep. fact show. Could man. be wrong, but yeah. very certain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could, could be wrong, but I'm kind of one hundred percent certain. Oh well, yeah. Then yeah. In, until yeah. the game grows, and yeah. until it gets to a position where you know, I mean, both sides are financially viable, and both sides, you know, the NRL and and the rugby union are able to pay the women fully. Mm. Why don't we kind of work together and get them the ability yeah. to do both? I mean, yeah. it's similar to what the what the um, what the men's game's experiencing in terms of rugby Australia not being able to pay these guys. Mm. So they're trying to now think around flexible contracts for them to go to yeah. Japan and earn that money. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, to try and entice them to stay. Yeah, I think uh, Dale brings up a good point. I like it. But I think then you've got the draw card with Union too. We've got it's an international game. Correct. You've got World yep. Cups. You've got you know, like your circuits for your sevens, all that sort of stuff. So there's obviously heaps of draw cards for Union. It's just trying to get, like, build it from now. Obviously, you know, just keep building from now on. Don't try and go – don't go backwards again mm. like what happened in COVID. I they guess. need to be keep moving forward. Yeah. yeah. So next thing. So we've got it on very good authority that there's a lot of – I don't want to say resentment, but there's a lot of chat and a bit of discontent within the QRU – Regarding some of the selections, um, especially in the forward pack from for the Wallabies, so players like uh, Nick Frost apparently um, has already signed or is very close mm. to signing to Japan. Caden Neville the same. Caden Neville, he's older than Granddad's ball sack. <laughs> and then we've got second rowers that are doing a pretty bloody good job. And apparently there's maybe uh, chat that, you know, maybe Dan Keller, uh, McKellar's got a lot of say in regards to that. I mean, Dow, you obviously played a hell of a lot of top grade footy. At that level, 
is there I know they should there shouldn't be, but is there bias? Is there coaching bias sometimes? Well, I think it's like anything, right? Like you go to any kind of office, there's there's probably, you know, office bias. Mm. You know what I mean? They're here in pack and There's social So obviously, bro. <laughs> you've got certain players that, that, that you like more other than others. And it's just quite simple. Whether they're at your club or they're, or they're not at your club, there's always going to be selection bias. Mm. That's just part of the game. Yeah, but I mean, let, let's look at this logically. And I think there is actually a point to be made. I mean, Caden Neville, I don't think he's played for the Wallabies since 2012 and he's mm. well into his 30s. Mind Same you, he's, he has been going, he's gone pretty good down at Brumbies since You've got to remember there. as well, we've got three selections that we can make for overseas based players and uh, look at the second rowers that are playing around the world Mm. and arguably some of them are the best second rowers in the world Rory Arnold Will Skelton uh, what's his name Adam (laughs) Coleman (laughs) Adam Coleman like yes. these are all guys. Sam Carter, Kane Douglas, both voted, you know, yeah. French or well, the French best yeah. locks in the competition last exactly. year. Exactly. So it's like, I mean, it's one position that it might have been better to get an Angus Blythe or something in the mixer, where or even getting a Harry Hawkins from over in Harry Japan, back Ryan name, Smith, yeah. get Ryan them Smith. in the system. Like, I don't, I don't know. Do you think they're warranted to maybe be a bit salty, Doss? Uh, look, I think in any in any squad selection. There's going to be the people who are salty and at the end of the uh, day doesn't feel matter. hard done by. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I think going back to all the locks around the world, you, I think you need to look at the Wallaby squad and it's like, all right, actually, where do they need the overseas players to come from? In my mind, Corumbetti needs to come back. Oh yeah, Samu yeah. Karevi needs to come back. Yeah. And then you know, and then the the third one, Quade. Um, my man QC did a brilliant job last year. How good was he? So yeah, yes. and, and he has to come back. So if those then, are the, if those are the three that are coming back, you can't bring anyone else back. So it's like you've got to pick the rest from domestic. Ooh. Shorty McMahon, mate, there's another one. Oh yeah. yes. But in saying that, the but in saying that, yeah, mate, you were big, you were big, um, yeah. yeah, big supporter yeah. of the back row Ollie last Matt. week, mate. See that? Yeah. That's really good analysis <laughs> You're right. from Doss there. Yeah, yeah very level headed. Yeah. yeah, but um, but, I didn't think like that. No. <laughs> I was like, this is bullshit. I mean, <laughs> Burn it down. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you reckon? Do you reckon they scrap that rule though and just select a side from around the world? Ooh. Or do you reckon it's... Do you reckon We're getting it's into it now. Yeah. What do you reckon, Dallin? Dal. I don't think so. No. I think it's impossible. You do that, I think you just ruin the game in Australia. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And that's what happens. Uh, in, not everyone's going to leave because... <laughs> screw you with your facts <laughs> and your logic. Yeah. Because not everyone can leave, obviously. There's a certain, certain amount of teams and visas and, and all that kind of stuff that yeah. happens around the world. But Yeah, but I'm, if all these good players leave, we have a better chance of playing for the Reds. Yeah. That's true. Work smarter. Hey, but look, also on the weekend, you know how we're talking about uh, the bias, obviously the Brumbies or whatever, um, and the Reds front row absolutely dick the Wallabies front row. That was a mate with a man down. Nella, he's a superhero. Yep. He's an actual superhero. Pay the man. He was just like, oh, as, I, as I said last week, man, pay the man <laughs> his money. Yeah. Pay Hell him yeah, the money. Man. Hell yeah! All right, really quickly, we know the Wallaby squads of uh, is already up and running. Um, who, Dos, Dal, who are your bolters for the Wallabies? Maybe not in the squad right now, but do you reckon they're going to be either in the squad or pl- making their debut later this year? Ooh. For um, the Wallabies and the All Blacks. All right, so for the Wallabies, someone who I thought would be in the initial squad uh, has been hurt by injury, uh, and I think they'll be back in time to make still make a mark on Super Rugby and get selected is my man Alex Murphy. Yep. Um, yes. 
and a position we are lacking a yeah. strong sort of first choice. And but to be honest, the the Tars hooker Parecki's been going great. Yeah, um, I love Lockie Lonigan down yep. at the Brahms. Um, Lau Fainga as well. Like there, there are good players there, but I think Murphy has he's got a point of difference. Um, and in the All Blacks, they obviously haven't named their squad, but um, you know, seeing someone like the Crusader centre Lester Fainganuku. Yeah, he's um, a gun. Mate. I think he's, he's been, been brilliant him. for two or three years. Um, you know, and he wouldn't look out of place on the end of a All Blacks backline. Dallin? From the All Blacks, I reckon young Josh Giovanni. I feel like he's been absolutely tearing it up over there. Mm. Bowden Barrett's obviously managing a, a few head knocks at the moment. Obviously, you've got Richie Mawanga, who's obviously, you know, fantastic and world-class and tearing it up. But I like the way Josh is kind of carrying himself over there, and he's been excellent. He was brilliant on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, he's a gun, mate. Yeah. Fantastic. Bit of a change of scenery for him, new club, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So he's one for me. And then Josh Fluke, I think, is the other one from a Wallabies perspective. Yeah. Flukey. Might yeah. be a couple of years too early, but I know they do <laughs> like him, and he's been playing some really good footy. He's hey, got he lives up to his last resume. name, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nah. No, but uh, this year, he's made me eat my hat a few times. I'm like, where's this guy come from? And then every time he touches the ball, he does something like really good. Yeah, was, he's a tough bugger, but he's yeah. also got good leadership credentials. Someone yeah. like Fraser McWright, he was the skipper of the Aussie under-18 side that won over in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, made his debut in a semi-final in QPR footy as a 17 or 18-year-old. Like, he's got chops on him and he's got a very level head. So, yeah. I think that could be a selection. Um, friends, very quickly. Yes. Should we scrap the yellow card knock-on rule? I was talking about this on the weekend as well. I reckon... That's literally why it's in the run sheet. Yeah. Do, do, do no, you but like, understand how this works? Yes. <laughs> no, no, but yeah. Yeah, yeah especially, after, especially after the weekend. <laughs> You gonna let me talk? Who <laughs> 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 uh, was HR? <laughs> no, um, yeah, hundred percent. If it's not going to impact a try, I reckon it's just a penalty. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if he's going for an intercept, and he's not going to score off it. Like just a penalty. But if it's like obviously a blatant, um, like you know, slap down or try to intercept, and he drops it, and there's like an overlap, then yeah, I think that's a yellow card. But but I like, think it's like in league, it, in yeah. league, it's just rule to knock on. And and I, yeah, and I think it was yeah, to. True. To get rid of... That's what we um, need, more scrums in the game. (laughs) (laughs) But it was to get rid of, like, foul play. But it's not necessarily foul play anymore. It's just, you know, part of the game. I think... I don't know. We've already got the 50 It should be just a penalty, and you can't kick it out. You've got to tap and go. Yeah, half arm. Make it a half arm. Yeah. I reckon I I think an an argument I had with... Well, a discussion that I had with someone... I think it may have been Mike Harris, like, years ago. We were talking about the same thing. And we were just thinking, as professional footy players... If I can't pass it to you, J Ball, before someone knocks it down, then maybe yeah. yeah, and you get cut. You know, what, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. A yellow card might be too harsh. It is. It's harsh as hell, man. Yeah, it's harsh as hell. Yeah, like, oh man, scrap it, short arm. Get rid of it. Get Speed it out of here. Yep. Um, what about we we touched on this just before the the Bowden Barrett head knock thing, Dow? Do you think? Like, this is some pretty serious stuff for Bowden Barrett. He's been out of the Kiwi game for some time. Like, he's obviously got the resume to back it up and all this sort of stuff. But I don't know. Like, this could really, really hamper not only his current career with the All Blacks, but just the rest of it. Because he had an older brother, Kane, who who a lot of them rate was probably the best out of all the Barrett's, but had to give it up by the age of 20 because of head knocks. Like, this could be pretty serious for him, eh? Yeah, most definitely. And I think it's something that's happening more and more in our game and needs to be... Dealt with really, really carefully. And I feel like for him, he just want to make sure he, he goes out and, and he gets it right before he makes that comeback. Yeah. Because you saw it with like uh, Beric Barnes. He had yeah. to take a hell of a long time out of the yeah. game. Pat Haley McCabe. Petty. 
Anthony, Elton, Elton Flatley. Yeah, Hale Petty just retired. Yeah. Like, it's a very serious thing. So, I mean, we just wax lyrical about, like, don't red car people. For yeah, yeah, People yeah. in the face and we're like, come I've on, I've had boys. a few head knocks. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Well, that rounds out uh, pack news for this week. We've gone through it all. We've discussed it. We've di- dissected it. Um, we want to actually get straight into our interview for this week. So Aussies Abroad, um, one of our segments, where, as we said, we're going to go around the world and have a yarn to some of the Aussies plying their trade uh, outside of Australia. So on the blower, we've got the butcher himself, Eddie Quirk. <laughs> Quirky, how are you, brother? Yeah, good boys. How are we doing? I'm I think the butcher the yeah, stems all the way back to a fake name that someone made, the, the abattoir Quirk. Yes, yeah, so that's what it was. It again. That's exactly it what it was. was. What is it? The Redlands Abattoir or something like that? <laughs> what a great Facebook page that <laughs> yeah, was. <they're... laughs> yeah, yeah I got good. my dad to make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, quirky mate, thanks for joining us. We know you've got training in um, just a little under an hour, but how's it going over in Japan? You've obviously been there for a few years now. You're obviously loving it. But it's good. It's uh, look. Dost and, and Dell are both experienced it a lot. It's um, awesome culture, good part of the world. And look, I've sort of come back every year just because I've loved it and uh, and enjoyed it. And I've loved the style of footy here. Been lucky enough to do super as well as the top league here. So I sort of got the best of both worlds in a way. Uh, got the travel and then got the Japanese experience. So, Matt, I've had no reason to leave at the moment unless there was a Wallaby call up, but that would never happen. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just Stranger seeing my days. Stranger things have happened, Edward. Stranger things have happened. You obviously, um, mate, you've obviously found yourself a good barber over there in Japan, looking sharp. I've actually faded myself up. No, you haven't. Um, no, you, yeah. Gosh. No, I swear, swear. It's called Quirky's Cuts. Um, and I'll just, I know you're probably going to ask me about um, my Japanese in a minute, but... Mate, you try to you try you know to tell a barber well, to do a, a zero fade. As soon as I walk in, the first question they ask me is, "Do you dye your beard?" And I just tell them, "Fuck off!" And I walk out. So. And then they laugh and go, "Ah, Siri Rounder." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant stuff, Quirky. Um, mate, I'm gonna, I've just got a couple of questions. Um, firstly, I, you know, you talk about going back to Japan every year. Obviously, in COVID. You haven't been able to take the family back. Um, you know, you've been away from them for so long. Uh, so, yeah, mate, I just want to ask you as a mate, like, how are you going over there without them? You obviously got two beautiful young kids and uh, beautiful Maddie here in Brizzy holding the fort down. She's a, um, yeah, she's a tough girl, old Maddie Quirk. But, um, yeah, mate, how's everything going? How are the, how are the kids? Thanks for asking, mate. No, it's, as you said, it, it's pretty hard. We, um, you know, have my daughter over here and, and then uh, sort of COVID hit, and then they uh, they shot back home. We're actually pregnant with our young fella Harry, and uh, he was born on the get this right first of October, and I left that week, and I spent um, yeah it would have been ten and a half eleven months away from him. So oh. I sort of had to go in and do the whole handshake thing. And here you going? I'm your I'm your old man. You <laughs> went out to get some milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he came Mate, I, I, Your I, dad I, had the similar conversation out. with you, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I said I'm going out to get some sushi and I'll be back. Get uh, <laughs> stuck in Rapongi. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, look, it's, it's it's been tough, and and as you said, Mads is uh, an absolute rock. She's um, running a business at the moment and and got the two kids, so she's just uh, 
put the hand up and charged it. And uh, as my brothers call me, distance dad. So I try to touch out as much as I can. And um, yeah, look, the the world's opening up a bit more, so it should be able to. Uh, they'll be able to come over here for a bit, and I'll be able to get home. But I'm yeah, doing mate. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Thanks, Doc. Good to hear. Good to hear. Hope you um. It'll be good to catch up for a beer when you're back in Brizzy. Um, Thanks, mate. I guess the other thing, um, you've been in Japan now for, oh God, six or seven years. Um, you're the only Gaijin, which is the foreigner, in your Japanese team. I mean, surely you can say more than hello now in Japanese. Nah, mate, I'm still battling. Hey. Come on, man, give us something. <laughs> give us something. Oh, look, yes, literally, I, I am the only guy. And we've got a, we've got a young Tongan guy who speaks pretty good Japanese as well. But um, how's his English? Mate, <laughs> first, first, <laughs> first day on the job. First day on the job, they uh, you know say a speech, and I just stood there for about a minute, and I just said, oh, "Fuck, sorry, boys, I'm still terrible." And one of the boys said, "But you've been here for about eight years." And so I just. I just said, it's, um, mate, it's yeah, a hard language. It's up. a hard language. It's a hard language. I'll give that to you. Mate, it, it's it's tough. Look, I, I have tried. I'm not as good as Dallin. Um, <laughs> word on the street, just before I got to Cal, uh, Canon, uh, you know, Dallin had his uh, sayonara. There's there's my Japanese word for the day. Um, <laughs> speech, and mate, apparently Dale just five minutes speech off the bat, all in all in Nihon, um, all in Japanese, and. Uh, yeah, apparently, mate, he brought tears to the boys' eyes. And so, if anything, mate, Dale's the, Dale, we should swap places, mate, because you're fluent and I'm not. Do people ever confuse you for Dale over there, Quirky? Surely you stick out like dog's nuts on a hot day walking around Japan, <laughs> You're literally mate. the opposite. Yeah. Like, like Godzilla, Godzilla. Now, one of the boys actually called me the devil the other day. And... Um, yeah, so I bit him, and um, <laughs> he was kind of, yeah, look, I, I get some, probably not so much in Tokyo, but here in Hiroshima, obviously, with, with what's happened, I, I roll around the street, and a lot of people probably think I'm American, <laughs> the army bases and that being out here, so I get some rude looks, and um, oh, I'll give them back for sure, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, look, to be honest, you know, there's not a lot of foreigners out here, so when I'm rolling the street, I do get the, um, oh, I get some I get some good old stairs, which is nice. I usually bark at them, so that might be another bit of a weird thing. So. Good stuff, Edward. Oh. Quirky Dow, how are you, mate? Good? You let him answer? Yeah, good, thanks. I, I, watched, I, lost, I watched last week's show, and um, did you get that off Franny script? <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Yeah, what? A, mate, uh, literally just a little story. I saw friends. Uh, I was uh, I was driving down um, Abbotsford Road, not not uh, not down that deep. Seeing friends down that deep of Abbotsford Road, but um, I actually saw him coming out of the sushi shop there on Oriel Road, and oh, he didn't yeah. see me, but he had, I'd say, maybe a hundred and twenty bucks worth of. So what, four plates? And, <laughs> and uh, he, he was in his work gear and I was on the horn, you know, friends, and he would have waved, but he was, mate, chock-a-block, had the, had the, the neck <laughs> and the hand hold on the spring roll. So, <laughs> hey, friends, it's good to, mate, it's really good to see you, buddy. Oh, yeah. um, it's Thanks, been a mate. while. Hey, um, I've got a Jap- <laughs> Japanese uh, word for the day. Quirky, I was oh, friends no. here, by the way. It's control. Have you ever played that game? 
<laughs> yeah, mate, I, I play it every week uh, at training. That's one of the warm-up games we have here. So. Well, it's uh, when they bend over and uh, they go, Pancho! <laughs> straight up the arse. <laughs> yeah. I I'm looking to bring it back game. to... Uh, yeah, hopefully bring it back to Australian rugby and stuff. <laughs> Hopper, Hopper was very frowned upon when Hopper did it, so you know, I reckon we can do it. We can bring that it back. That was a different time, man. Yeah, it's a different time. That was a different time. How's you? How, how are you pulling up, mate? How's the old knee? Was it your knee? Does yeah, it is, mate. I'm. Um, if you ask, if you ask, also, I'm already arthritic in both knees and just ticked over the three O's. So, um, I've got a. Uh, I've actually got a members card with Petey Petey Myers there, um, at Wesley. So, and it's sort of why I moved to the north side because he's actually a couple of ro- he's a couple of streets over from me. So, no, mate, I'm literally I'm uh, I'm hanging on. We had a good win actually on the weekend and um, been getting eighty minutes in. So the body's actually holding up. So if there's the any Super Asics. Rugby teams, yeah. give us a go. <laughs> are you are you sporting the old um, Asics career savers for training? No, I actually haven't, mate. <laughs> I've been lucky enough give you to, another uh, 10 years, <laughs> mate, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, as I've heard, and they're also a good, um, a good casual shoe as well. <laughs> <laughs> they're big-time brothel creepers, eh? Yeah. <laughs> mate, 100%. Mate, James Hall used to wear them out. <laughs> His number ones. <laughs> yeah, he'd wear them to the cloakroom to get through. <laughs> oh, quirky. So over there, obviously, you're a big part of big part of the team, being the only guys in. Um, you'd be a big part of the, the coaching setup. Is it something that you want to move into post footy? Yeah, definitely. I've actually um, been tucking into my uh, coaching course through uh, the QIU, actually, just to look learn a bit more as well as try to help out as much as I can while I'm over here with my team and. Look, if I wander back in, I'd love to help out uh, any way I can in uh, any system, whether it's the school system or, or whatever. And then I'll sort of chance my hand at doing a bit of business development as well through the wife's business. So, um, Matt, I'm actually really – I am doing coaching, coaching defence and um, and the line-out. That's probably why we're getting pumped in those areas every week. Because <laughs> you can't speak Japanese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I just got no clue what I'm saying, and I got no clue what I'm doing. So, um, it's actually a good recipe. So, but look, you know, I do want to learn more, and, and um, I think I'd be able to connect with the young fellas coming back to to Brisbane, whether it's club rugby or, um, you know, in that sort of Reds Academy setup as well. Mate, I'm sure the Tigers would love to have you back down at um, David Wilson Oval. Mate, I, I'd love I'd love to go down, mate. Just count in the week. Yeah, Off imagine that quirky and uh, mowing. Yeah, that sounds probably good. Socially, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why a team so unfit? <laughs> yeah. On the field, they'd be dog shit, yeah. but off the field, they'd be great. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, sorry. I had a few slices of pizza up beforehand. Now I don't feel too well, eh? Saving it for us. Oh, man. My guts are killing me. Quirky, thanks so much for joining us, brother. We wish you all the best over there in Japan, and hopefully next time you get back, we can get you in the studio live, brother. We really appreciate it. For a couple of controls. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I'm handing them out for free. Why are you pushing back, friends? (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, boys. Cheers, Quirky. You're the best, brother. Mate, appreciate oh. it. Oh, man. Love you. Thanks, brother. That was brilliant. All righty. Well, there we have it. Quirky. Oh, mate. He is one of the best blokes going around. He is the best, mate. I tell oh. you what, he's set a high standard for Aussies abroad. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Hasn't man. he set the bar high? Oh, yeah. Who are we going to get in next week? 
I don't know, man, but Higgins they're probably going to suck. Higgins is keen. Yeah, but Higgins, Higgins lives down the road, mate. <laughs> Higgins is boring. So what happened to your hair, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> we can't go two rangers in a row, can yeah, we? Yeah, no. Speaking of hair, yeah. um, on to our next segment. We want to discuss, obviously, Good we segue. would have seen Will Smith laying down the smackdown on Chris Rock for uh, ragging on Jada Smith for rocking the old J-board, dude. Yeah. Frings. <laughs> How about it, mate? That was loose, bro. Yeah, that, that was, was loose. Uh, that was pretty loose. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You, you, well, Ricky Gervais used to say some pretty gnarly stuff. I don't know if um, Ricky Gervais came out and said oh, I would have never made a joke about her alopecia. I would have made a joke about her cheating on him. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, true. It's legit. Yeah. But speaking of slaps, did you hear? Uh, did you hear there was a former Wallaby, one Test Wallaby, playing his? Uh, playing the game up at the Sunny Coast Comp now for the Noosa Dolphins. Rocket Rod. Rocket Rod. So, Rocket Rod on the weekend, 13 apiece in the 80th odd minute, um, up against Ruchidor Swans, your old side the friends. Swans, shout out to the Swans. Yeah, the 13 boys. all. Yeah, uh, what we got up there? Yeah, <laughs> 13 all, 80th minute, and Rocket Rod was hit late and decided to take it into his own hands and deleted this bloke, gave him the old left-right good night. Resulting in the Swannies getting the penalty, Rocket Rod getting the red card, and the Swannies coming away with the dub. He probably got PTSD from when Michael Gunn absolutely cut him in half. He's <laughs> oh, got up, he just like started. <laughs> I reckon I watched that video once every sort of three, four weeks. Yeah. You watch it 15 times in a row, and you're like, oh my God. Well, that is one of the greats. Well, basically, no offense, but uh, the Dolphins are the brothers of uh, the Sunny Coast rugby. Well, so it couldn't happen to a better team, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, bloody oath. Swannies are just in their head. <laughs> Classic just, you know, dolphin behaviour. But like, another, there's been a bit of slapping going on in rugby at the moment. We saw uh, Nagusa, the Fiji Drua oh, um, skipper, laying, <laughs> laying a, an open arm, open arm slap on the chin of Tang Headman on the weekend, man. Yep. Mate, it was like a bull with the, you know, the matador with the old red cloak. Tame yeah. Edmed head looks a bit like that, but Remind mate, Nagusa the old, uh, did not miss. Reminded me of the old village comps I started playing when I was like 17. The only <laughs> white dude there, and yeah, it's a bit of that going on. <laughs> it's good. It's just a huge target, eh? Yeah. Absolutely massive target. Who's this <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know if we can bring it up on the screen, but I think there was, a, uh, there was an April Fool's joke played uh, on... Uh, Instagram earlier this week um, saying that uh, Rugby Australia has brought in the golden point rule that when it goes to golden point, two balls come into play on the footy field. April Fools, but I reckon that is the sort of stuff that's going to save the game in Australia. <laughs> I want to ask your opinion. What do you reckon? Come golden point, what could we do different to really spice the game up, do you reckon, Freeds? Oh, mate, yeah, a bit of that action. Just no no kicking out, no scrums, just just short arms. I reckon, Everett. yeah, that would be sick. <laughs> or maybe just like every minute one player drops off. Well, well that's yeah. what they do in sevens, no? Touch. Yeah, yeah and touch as well. That yeah. would be sick. That would be sick. That's the goer. Or one-on-one, 100 yeah. metres. Everyone into Let's their budgies, go. grease down like a half-naked deaf, <laughs> like half naked deaf guy, and it's just grease city. <laughs> that would be sick. And sexy at the same time, yeah. right? <laughs> That's what we're all about here. No, no, comment, show, no comment. Not your proudest, Wayne. Cause it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was pretty proud. <laughs> I was pretty proud of myself that I got through it. Yeah. you got to look for the silver linings yeah, and things do. there, friends. Yeah. I got through it, and I was pretty happy with myself. <laughs> I haven't spoken to my parents in a long time, but that's doing a completely different thing. Um, uh, Tino, did you have – there was a little bit of a trivia question you wanted to ask the boys before we move on? There was. There was. Trivia. Um, can you name the oldest wallaby in the squad right now? Oh, Tony Pulley? Yes, Tony Pulley. Close. 
Caden Neville. Caden Neville. That said, Tony Pulu, I think. Is he old? I think he's 31 yeah. or something. He's 33. He 33. Yeah, he's 33. Man, I'm 33. What the fuck happened to me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. You don't look a day over 50, mate. Thanks, man. Well, you said the other day I've got a body like a melted wheelie bin, and it hurt because it was so true. And the worst thing is here at the studio, we've got TV set up. When we're setting up, I'm standing right there. The camera's right on my gut. Mate, I was eating a slice of pizza up for it. I was like, mate, I was like asking, for a, I was asking for a table this week. I mean, like doing these. I was like, look at that. So I'm wearing duck. Oh, man. Oh, man, it stung so bad because it's so true, man. Mate, I stopped drinking over two years ago and I still look like a chop piss. Isn't yeah. that the biggest cop out of the war, man? Life is not fair. <laughs> um, all right, moving forward, let's, uh, let's start doing some of the old reviews of some of the footy over the weekend. So uh, we'll start with Super Rugby. We'll rifle through. There's a couple games we want to delve into a little bit, but uh, the Drew were 14, Tars 38. Uh, Tars were actually pretty clinical, and this was a decent um, game, all things considered. Uh, the Blues, 46-16 over Moana Pacifica, but there was that second game played on the Tuesday where that one was really close, actually. That yeah. one was <laughs> was a lot closer than the scoreline says, 32-19 in favour of the Blues. And then the Chiefs, 30 over the Canes, 29. That was actually a barnstormer of a match. But I wanted to have a look at one of the Super Rugby games from New Zealand in particular. The Saders, 17. Highlanders, 14. I want to get your thoughts on this, Dow, because... We were talking before about the Kiwi sides, you know, are the Aussies catching up and maybe the Kiwi sides aren't as aren't sort of playing as well as they typically do this time of year. Granted, they're in the middle of their four-year World Cup cycle, so that could be a reason for it. But the Saders in particular, I mean, five years in a row they've won that Super Rugby um, trophy. They've been invincible for the longest time ever. If Mitch Hunt could kick a ball straight, they come away with the butter confection in this match at the Saders' home ground. Do the Saders, are they losing that air of invincibility they've had for the better part of half a decade? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just showing that they're not untouchable. Obviously, they've already been beaten this year. And then, you know, on the weekend, we'll we'll push the wire. And as you said, like, Mitch Hunt was fantastic for the first 40 and then the second 40. Shit the bed. He went to water. But I, I don't know, are we noticing a little bit more of, you know, the talent pushing across all of the all the Super Rugby franchises over there, is, is, the, is the equality starting to happen over there? That's what... I think they, also, when you play a team so many times, yeah. you're bound to close the gap to where you started, to where you are today. Because yeah. you just, you, you know, you slowly figure it out. I mean, you can't change that much in terms of the way you play the rugby, the way you play your, your game plan and everything. Um, so, yeah, I think they're just, you know, the four other New Zealand teams have had a lot more opportunities to play the Crusaders. You get the loss, you lose your lessons and then you don't make the same mistakes the next time. And some yeah. teams obviously do it a bit better than others. Uh, but, yeah, maybe that's a factor. Yeah, well, speaking on what you just said about players dispersing, Dow, you've got Joshuani leaving the Highlanders and going to the Chiefs and flourishing. Mitch Hunt left the Saders, and he's gone down to the Highlanders, and he's been flourishing, albeit that 40 minutes on the weekend. There are a lot of players that are starting to disperse, and I think maybe it is levelling the playing field a little bit over there in New Zealand. Um, now to the Aussie Conference... Reds 21, Brumbies 7. This was dominant from the Reds' friends, and the Brumbies didn't play well at all, but it wasn't them not playing well. Mm. The Reds really, really dictated how they played. Yeah, I thought um, that was a crazy performance. We were a man down. We had a red card. 
There's a couple, couple yellow cards thrown in the mix as well, but like on paper, if you're looking at two of the teams, like we were talking about before, the Wallabies that are in the Brumbies and the red side, like mate, Angus hey, Blythe played. Was James O'Connor? James O'Connor was amazing. <clears throat> Angus Blythe. Oh. Angus Blythe was unreal. Yeah, he when was, he made yeah, that yes, choke tackle on Jesse Mogg, they put yeah. that kick in. He chased through, hits Mogg, and he goes to hit the ground, picks him up. Choke the tackle, t- turnover. That was one where I was like, that is huge. And Blythe, like Blythe, he also had a couple of try saving tackles near the line too. I mean, yeah. he played very well. If there is discontent in the QRU in regards to guys like Cade and Neville and Nick Frost getting to Guernsey, Angus Blythe couldn't have done any better, Dos. Yeah. I think he, Blythe epitomizes what the Reds are about these days in terms of, you know, you said he's making those try saving tackles. Like he's working hard. He's obviously, he's a big dude and he's mm. got that size. Um, as his advantage, but he's working hard in so many other aspects of his game, and it's evident yeah. throughout, you know, the rest of the team. As Freeney said before, they they go down, they get the red card, they got another yellow card later, and you know, they the they're just they're working hard for each other. They're a world class outfit. They're absorbing the pressure, and I mean, in that 20 minute period, they're a man down. Not only did they hold a team like the Brumbies out, mm. they managed to score a try yeah. through yeah. that X factor that I was talking before. Um, James O'Connor pinpoint kick. Jordan Pattaya gets up. Fraser McWright gets the try. I mean, they're you know they're looking good. And if I was to put my money on anyone beating the New Zealand team, it's them just mm. because of their makeup and what they're doing at the moment. Uh, but yeah, mate, clinical performance and a very well deserved win. Clinical, yeah. Do you, you guys can... do you guys reckon like this year the Aussie teams are more exciting to watch as well? Like, um, you know, compared to other years, they're you're having watching, more you're watching, of a crack. Yeah, you're watching New Zealand teams and you're like, bloody hell, that in- insane. But, but this year, I find like the Aussie teams, the conference is pretty good to watch. Like It's more entertaining. They're, they're playing some bloody good footy. Well, there's combos. There's enthusiasm. Yeah. There's passion. Like, is that attack, that intensity? Yeah. When they attack, when they get the ball, you can see everyone just sort of light up. and Look at Geordie, mate. Like yeah, That, that ball insane. got dribbled into his own five or whatever, and his first thought is, let's attack. But then, oh, no, let's put it on the toe and f- thumps it 60 metres. But like you can see hmm. his intent is always to attack. Same with guys like... Um, like Hunter is always keen to have a crack and even put in little dinky little kicks that back in the day we would do at the wrong time, mm. but he's doing it in an attacking sense. Yeah. Like they're reading the play better. The ch- kick chase and all that. Just yeah. Good. Like their kick chase, like as mm. I said, Angus Blythe was the one leading it and he's like Mr. Larson in Happy Gilmore. Like <laughs> the, the nails sticking out of his head. The Brumbies were also missing their X Factor in Tom Banks. Tom Banks. So they played yeah. a critical Ooh. win. Lola Reds, yeah. Yep. Like I reckon a few key oh, okay. players yeah. oh. that played territorial for the Brumbies <laughs> that were out. So yeah, I agree. I, I reckon they should have. Um, they probably should have started Nick White. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. going into a big game like that. Whether Dan McKellar had, you know, um, he had other thoughts in terms of giving Lonigan and Iona um, time in the saddle in an important game like that to develop and improve. Uh, maybe that was an aspect to it, but maybe having someone like Whitey at the start of the game, he could have had a sort of a more calming influence on the guys, especially when they went a man down. Oh, sorry, when the Brumbies went a man up, he maybe would have managed the game a little bit different. I don't know. You know, it's hard to tell, but they did have a few big guys out. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, I do think the Reds still win that game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Number one in the world, baby. 
If anybody follows Camilo Guido on <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> man, he is the man. Eh? He's like, what do he say? He's like, I'm not saying the Reds are number one in the world, but we're number one in the world. <laughs> After every game, man, it yeah. is the best. Oh, Camilo is the man. Eh? Uh, now in Super W, um, the Brumbies 27 over the Force 19. This is a pretty bloody hard-fought match. So the, uh, the Brumbies coming away with that one. Reds 55, Rebels 5. Your baby girl, Drapes, getting herself an absolute pearler of a try, mate. That was red hot. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, got some or, or serious toe on her, eh? Annabelle, Annabelle, uh, which Annabelle made, Cody. Made, someone ankle tapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the, away. did the old tombstone, yeah. the knees in the ground. Yeah. But then <laughs> got that offload away to yeah. Shani Williams. Mate, like, that was red hot. And Liz Partu. Yeah, she dominated. She is a beast. So, yeah. about five, six years ago, I was coaching third grade down at West, and it was pre season January. And you, you know, you got like 50 dudes hitting the scrum machine. I'd never met Partu in my life. And she's like, do you mind if I jump in? I'm like, yeah, I don't give a shit, man. Thinking like, yeah, she'll jump on the side. All right, cool. Jumps in the middle at hooker with like all these dudes drilling the scrum machine. I was like, shit, can this chick play for us, man? Because she's dope. <laughs> then you watch her play and she deletes Literally people, man. People. Like it is nuts, man. She is a gun. I think she got yellow card on the weekend, came straight on and made up for it by bagging a bit of meat. Um and then the match we want to discuss, what was it, 16 or 18 games in a row, the Tars have gone undefeated. Finally, the Drua, Fijiana Drua, coming away 29-10. This was dominant to say the least, Al. Yeah, 100%. We're talking about the, the Crusaders losing their aura a bit. I reckon Fijiana are unbeatable. Yes! I heard it here first. I heard it here first. You know, they've got those outside backs <laughs> that, that play just exactly like the men do, where they're, they're just scoring oh, tries for fun. Yeah. I mean, Ravisa at fullback, she's so just outstanding. Yeah. And the interplay between them all is, is just phenomenal. That so offloading I, ability. Yeah. That, that number eight, the one with the headgear, she just absolutely destroyed Sarah Naguama. Like, <laughs> mate, she, is a, she just got deleted. <laughs> Mate, but and it was like a proper like, like you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's the thing. The Tars have been untouchable. Un- I didn't think that was touchable. I did not think that was going to. And this was like I think the Tars got a try in the seventy fifth minute. Like this was dominant one way traffic mm. all game on both sides of the pill. I think they were up. They had three tries in that first half, and then when they didn't have the ball, as you said, friends, mm. they were snotting chicks left, right, yeah. and center. Like they. <laughs> but I think you heard Avril Mitchell in the um in the broadcast booth saying she's like you know you can actually see. What you've got there with the Fijiana Drua, they're they're like an international yeah. caliber side. Well, they're playing basically their professional side, really, aren't they? They're doing it yeah. full time at the moment. Yeah. Whereas the other girls obviously have to work and stuff. So there's that spot of difference. But it, taking that away, they're bloody good athletes. Bit sweaty over there, friends. Oh, sweating so much. <laughs> What's doing, man? I'm know. sweating hard too. I'm sweating so hard. I haven't taken any fat glasses either. Yeah, I know. Maybe I should. <laughs> Maybe I should. Saying I look like a melted wheelie bin, man. Maybe do it, man. Try it. <laughs> Nah, Sweating man. So bad. Haven't had a pingers in a long time, bro. <laughs> um, shoot Shield. We saw some results over the weekend. Uh, some one-sided traffic. North's 42 over Manly 12. I think it's going to be a long season for the Marlins. Um, we saw them getting fisted a bit last year, and I think it's going to be replicated this year. Southern District's 13 over Manly 7. Oh, Tino, come on, man. What's going on over <laughs> here? Uh, Wildfire's 26. Gordon, 31. 
The wildfires, man, they are going to be red hot this year. They are so sick. The two blues just going down to the Pirates, 28-27. And then Randwick, this was a pearler of a match, 27 over Eastwood, 21. But the game we want to discuss, it is Warringah coming away with the butter confection over the students, 29-26. No one would have picked this, surely not. Sydney Uni last year were undefeated. They were scoring tries at will. I think their hooker, Declan Moore, was the leading point scorer in the comp with 12 tries. Oh, something yeah. like that after eight games or something crazy. They were so dominant last year, and the Rats came out and rat far out of them, big time. Like, they... Went to town on them, Dow. Yeah, they were outstanding. It was a hell of a game. It was back and forth, but they really took it to them. A lot of times throughout the game, Sydney Uni looked completely controlled, but there was big plays from from Moringa to, to knock them off their perch. I think Ben Woolett, you know what I mean? That fullback back was there, awesome. Was absolutely outstanding, kicking goals. Yeah, you know, really leading his team around the park. But credit to Warringah, they look sharp this year. You see when uh, Ben Woolett was taking that shot at goal and all the Sydney Uni blokes were ragging him and just as he kicks it, some dude's like shut up you dickhead. <laughs> I was like this is sick and then he turns around after nailing it from the sideline, just oh, giving it, it to the crowd. Yeah, oh, right in front of him and just drilled it. And he's like yeah. giving it to him. I think that drew it up 26 all it as did, well. Yeah. But but this is the thing. I mean, Sydney Uni last year were absolutely untouchable. Granted, they've pro- they've lost a couple of players, like Nick DeCrimini's over in France, where he belongs, playing top-grade footy. But, you know, very much like UQ up here, they have a carousel of top-class footy players, DOS. Do you think... Obviously, it's not the start they would have wanted. Do you think this might not be uh, the sort of dominant season that they were sort of showcasing last year for them in this season? Um, oh look, Jay Boy, it's hard for me to comment. I don't know the ins and outs, um, what's happening down in Sydney. But similar to, I guess, my argument with the Crusaders, it's um, and and they have lost, they've lost a few guys, a couple of the Sydney Uni guys, and I think twelve, players. and a couple of them are at NEC. 12, yeah, they look completely different. Yeah, I mean, Banjo Travers was absolutely awesome again. But it was good name. Yeah, it's such is a sick name, the halfback. Yeah, okay, yeah. you've got to follow yeah. that. Yeah, yeah he was he's, got a na- he's got a famous name. Yeah, yeah. Sterling yeah. Mortlock, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot yeah. better than Sterling Mortlock. Yeah. It's such a honky name, though, eh? Yeah, Just yeah. like classic white boy from Sydney <laughs> yeah. Uni. Banjo Travers, like, Banjo. honky boy. But, it, but, mate, he's an absolute gun. But I don't know, man. Like As you said, they've lost 12 players, but Jesus Christ, like... That was not the sort of performance I was expecting from Sydney Uni, that's for damn sure. Um, now we'll go over to Rugby WA. We know that the Fortescue Premier Grade competition over in WA is being telecast on stand now as well. Is it just one game a week, Tino? Or it's all of them? One game a week, one match of the round? Um, well, we saw um, some results. West Scarborough 55-14 over Rockingham. Nedlands 59-7 over Joondalup. The Southern Lions just going down to uni, 28-26. Uh, Bayswater, 40 over 18, so there's some blowouts. But Wanneroo, 28 over Palmyra, 27. Palmyra last year were actually uh, in the grand final against Cottesloe, so that's a huge upset to start it off. But Calamunda, 27, going down to Cottesloe, 42. Alec Fontelvo's uh, his team over there. They've done the three-peat. They've started the season pretty bloody well, so I think... As per usual, they're probably going to be the team to beat. From all accounts, they've got like the most beautiful club in Cottesloe um, in Australia. Oh man, right on the beach, good it's, part of the world. Yeah, so super I'm, expensive. Is it good if you're a miner? I guess, but not if you're a battler like me. <laughs> what kind of miner are you talking about? Iron ore. Iron ore. Oh, yeah. okay. Bitcoin. <laughs> no, I meant age. <laughs> I was oh, like, Jesus Christ. 
Oh, I don't know with you, friends. I have to clarify <laughs> sometimes. Um, but that rounds out this week's segment. Uh, obviously, uh, this week's episode, sorry. Obviously, um, we're going to be doing this twice a week, reviewing Mondays, and then on Thursdays, we're going to be previewing all the um, all the footy. Oh, no, I just got word. That's right. We forgot about Rugby Watch. It wasn't in the run sheet here, Tino. It is? It's, right. in, it's in the white font. <laughs> 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 All right, but before we wrap it up then, what about Rugby Watch? Who who, who uh, caught your eye? Who was your Rugby from the weekend, Doss? Uh, man, I think it's pretty hard to go past young Geordie Pattaya. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just phenomenal. I think one of the, um, <laughs> one of the um, commentators put it perfect. I think it was Timmy Horan. You know, he's an athlete first and a rugby player second. You know, the kind of like that, me. The, yeah, well, exactly, <laughs> Jay Ball. I mean, I've got one right here, so you know, don't have to look too far Damn for those straight. sorts for those sort of examples. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, mate, he just he's blossoming every every week in that fifteen jersey. Um, I was a bit hesitant um, with his move at the start, Me but too. you know, he's proved. Um, yeah, um, gladly been proven wrong. Hell yeah, Dal, your rugby. Uh, Fraser McWright. I feel like he gets better every week. Yep. He's starting to become really battle hardened. You know yep. what I mean? He's doing things that. You know what I mean? You, you, you expect from, you know, world-class sevens, yeah. and, and he's absolutely everywhere and just keeps fronting up. Mm. And I think he's a big asset to that side. And he's had that captain's armband on mm. the last few weeks as well, which suits him very, very well, doesn't it? Uh, Freeney, your rugby. Oh, it's hard to go past Tongan Thor, but Hunter Paisami, mate. I just, <laughs> I just rate him. I just rate how he plays. Everything he does is so good. I hope he doesn't bloody run headfirst into someone one day because he'll die, but... <laughs> And he added another victim to the Hunter's yep. hit list. Oh, man. Yep. So good. That hit on Nick like Yeah, Nick White. He's just got that hard edge, but he's also smart, like you are saying, doing yeah. little kicks. And it's going to be hard to pick centers this his year. His game has developed yeah. so far. He's so dedicated. Yeah. And you see, he's, he can do kicks off both feet. He's now steps into first receiver a little mm. bit. Yep. And actually, he's expanding his game, which, like, I mean, over the last sort of decade, probably be able to say that a lot of players were very one-dimensional. Mm. He's actively going yeah, out of his way yeah. to really develop his game. Um, for mine, seeing as you guys all just pick Reds players, I thought I'd show some love elsewhere. Rugby has to go Ben Woolett, mate, for mine. He was so sick. He was so sick for the Rats on the weekend, man. And back when they won, when did they win? 2016, was it? They came. They won the comp. Yeah. Like that. They were mate, massive back then. He was awesome in that grand final. His defense, we saw him on the weekend delete his opposite number, scoring that try whilst carrying the pill, but a lot of defensive efforts. One thing that the Rats did so well on the weekend was their covering D was absolutely huge. But, um, yeah, Ben Woolerman, he is an absolute gun at uh, fullback there for the Rats. Um, is that everything, Tino? There's nothing else? Okay, yes, we got through it. Yeah. Hell yeah, first live episode of the Pack Show. Thanks very much for tuning in, well everyone. Doss, Dallin, Freens, Tino, Sione, Zach, everyone behind the computers, thanks so much for tuning in, helping out. Um, as I was saying before, before I was so really interrupted about Rugby <laughs> Watch, uh, we are obviously going to uh, Mondays and Thursday nights from 6pm. So Monday night, we're going to be doing a lot of our reviews and highlights and so on. Thursday nights is when we're going to be previewing all the upcoming fixtures. So stay tuned. I think uh, the PAC Supreme Leader, Johnny Brown, Kiefer Camboa is going to be giving us a deep in the cut uh, from uh, his Crack Den Hotel ah. underneath an overpass in LA. Literally. Uh, yeah, it's no, shocking. Seriously. 
He said, this is a bloke who said it's top five worst motel he's been at, and he's been in a lot of shockers. So. <laughs> yeah, he's travelled through Philippines. Yeah. That's saying something. And he works in a hole in PNG, so yeah. that is saying something, man. Yeah. This is a bloke who, I think, uh, he said the other day that the highlight was the crackhead knocking on the door <laughs> yeah. asking if he could come in to have a kid. So, so uh, mate, yeah, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have some deep in the cut, get you some, some odds and some tips in for the upcoming fixtures this weekend. But be sure to tune in, like and subscribe. Uh, That's what we do on YouTube. But, yeah, tune in Thursday night for all the action for the pack show. Peace out.